Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. I don't get offended when I see a Confederate flag. Because when I see a Confederate flag, all I see is a Cleveland Brown fan. Somebody who'd like to continue to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that is an interesting point. The Civil War is the only war I've ever seen where... We continue to celebrate. Not we, the them, them. Well, we as a country. I tell you a story. So I, you know, I wanted to be a supportive mom. I didn't want to be a shitty mom like my mama was. Mm-hmm. So we living in Riverdale, Georgia, in the early nineties, and we go on this field trip, and literally, tip, it was to a Confederate cemetery. What? Telling you all about these fucking Confederate soldiers. I don't know what the Confederate soldiers is. Right. All I know is I'm ready to fucking eat this sack lunch, y'all. <laughs> so one of the kids is like, "Is the General Lee buried here?" Yeah. I'm like, "Who the fuck?" is General Lee and I'm like this dumbass can't bury the dukes of hell <laughs> I'm a diverse individual all of this shit is real everybody like ah what is it is he a family man is he a trapper is he a ladies man well, I'm all of it all of it I beat your ass kiss your girl and go tuck my kids in and then I show up <laughs> and lead a march on the weekend <laughs> it's all real 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 this is expeditiously I am Tilt T.I. Yes, sir. So the following experience is not a test. These conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, properly entitled Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions. No judgment, no preconceived beliefs, and no fear. Open your mind up and your ass will follow. Alright, so you're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask any question as long as it's done with respect. We believe it is through love and respect for others that we will have an opportunity to change the world and speak truth to power. We're gonna do that one show at a time. Now, this is expeditiously. I'm your host, Tip T.I. Harris. Now, uh, I guess for today is someone who is, you know, very of the culture, you know what I'm saying, and we have uh, similar backgrounds. She's a comedian, an author, a podcaster, and an actress who's taking raw, real, in-your-face comedy to the next level. She has an amazing story. Uh, I guess one of, a part of this story of hers is at the age of 15 with two kids, she was selling crack on the inner city streets of Atlanta and at 19 years of age with two toddlers and a new husband, her sister, who was struggling with addiction, handed her four more kids kids and all of these stories made up a book she put into a book called rabbit the autobiography of miss pat and she was nominated for an NAACP image award for that book she's a wife a mother and most importantly she's funny as hell so everybody please give your attention to the guest of expeditiously today the talented miss pat what's going on Hey, Tip, how you doing? Man, I'm chilling, man. This shit to it. I got to tell you my favorite fucking rapper. Man, I bootleg you. a few people's shit, but I never bootleg <laughs> your shit. Okay? You, Whitney Houston, and Ice Cube, I would not bootleg your shit. <laughs> man, I appreciate that. That's real. Hey, every time I see you, I was like, yep, I help you with that watch, too. That's right. Yeah, man. <laughs> and she deserving, deservingly so. Yes. Now, tell us about, like, Miss Pat, like, where do you draw the inspiration for for your comedy? Because you can't make that kind of shit up. No, I just I, life. I mean, life. I, I mean, we kind of got the similar background. We grew up kind of in the same neighborhood. Refugees of the war on drugs. Yes, refugees of the war. <laughs> I was there when I'm a little bit older than you, so I was there when it first hit the black community. Okay. Um, what early eighties? Like eighty three. Yeah. Okay. So because I had my daughter in eighty eighty six. Okay. So by the time eighty seven got here, I was selling crack. That's Right. So people was, you know, black people still warming up to it in 83, 85, 86. Yeah. By 87, it was full blown. I mean, people, you was making fucking money. People still thought it was like just a cool party drug at the yeah. time. They thought it was like weed, but they yeah. didn't realize you. So they didn't realize, you know, one thing I always tell people, crack took the price of pussy down. So <laughs> I could tell my mama that they was giving black people $100 to hold on to uncooked chicken legs downtown in Atlanta. <laughs> she knew I was, but she was like, where you at? Where the nigga at? <laughs> so we went back looking for him, but I'm telling you, but I mean, I think the best part about it is we endured it, we overcame it, yes. and now we get to make money off of our stories. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it developed a story. I ended up having two kids. Mm-hmm. My first kids I had um, at 14, I had another kid at 15 by a married man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah, he was married with a did, wife. Did he, did he stay married? 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was no. kind of the end of that. Oh, well. Well, well he, he stayed married for a little while, but uh-huh. you know, when I met him, he had one child. Right. By the time I left him, he had like 22 kids. So I ended up staying with him for 10 years, and I sold drugs. He sold drugs. Uh-huh. He ended up shooting me, and then another He shot you? Yeah, he shot me. God damn. Yeah, I was crazy. He. Oh, my mama, t- my mama told me one of the most dangerous what things. What would make a man shoot a woman? Was you cheating? I would say good pussy, but I don't even think. <laughs> I don't know, and he shot me in the back of the head too. God damn! Oh, in Seven Courts, you remember Seven Courts right there? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to live in Seven Courts when it was really nice back in the day. Wow! Yeah, he shot me. I was cheating, and he shot me. Yeah. He said he didn't mean to shoot me, so he hit me with the pistol and it went off, and then the nigga ran off and left. It was a thirty-eight. Mm. It, it just, um, it just fucking had a hair trigger. Uh, how trigger? <laughs> That's the trigger you ain't even really got to pull much. They now have well, it was much a thirty eight, so I guess it was an old ass gun and it went off and it just cracked my skull. Cracked your skull. Yeah. And so I ended up taking his ass I ended up going back to the hospital to pick him up finally. So and the next time he he learned from the Well first they put a new cast on his leg, so I beeped him. Okay. Nine one one and let him know I'm coming to get his motherfucking ass. <laughs> so I went back in there and I picked him up and took him home. How long did that take? What? The new cast? Yeah. A couple of hours. You know how slow Grady Hospital is. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. I mean, he lived to tell the story. Oh, he don't tell shit. He work at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> <laughs> man, so, uh, you, in, so you, you actually ended up getting married mm-hmm. at 19. Yes. At 19. I got married. I had two kids. I was sick of the street. You know, I, I mean, I've been in the street ever since I was uh, 14. You know how him. fast of a life you must live to be sick of the streets by the time you're 19? Oh, I was sick. I, I mean, I went to Charles Disco. You remember Charles Hell Disco? Yeah. And Charles Disco let everybody in for the extra $10. That's right. So I was partying. I was fucking in the streets. I had two kids. By the time I was 19, I was like, I'm over this shit. I got kids to raise. Plus, I had went to jail for selling crack. Okay. So, by me going to jail for selling crack, I did a year. And I was like, dude. And then I, I, you had did a year at 19? I did a year at 18. You remember when they changed the law in Georgia? You used to go to jail when you were 17, well, 18. 18, and then, then it, it changed to 17. 17 yeah. Well, my birthday was in April. And mm-hmm. Officer Beard, he was on a narcotics squad mm. with Atlanta police. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to wait till you turn 18. And I'm going to lock you up. 17, I'm going to lock your motherfucking ass up. Damn. He said, because if I lock you up now, you're going to go to juvenile. I turned, in April, I turned 17. Five days later, I was in jail. God damn. And I got a, 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 descript- a, a trafficking charge. Uh-huh. And so I ended up uh, doing a year behind the shit. That was before the crack law. That was, I missed that cutoff. Yeah, yeah. I missed that cutoff. That was before the crack law. And when they took your rights to vote. Right. Because I didn't lose my rights to vote. Right. Well, so, you know, in Georgia, if you are, like, even if you have a felony and you've served time, you can still, uh, you can still re-register after you've gotten, done all your time, got off probation. Not every state is like that, but Georgia is. Yeah. And before you actually, like, plead guilty or been sentenced, if you've been locked up and you got a charge, but you ain't been sentenced yet. Or you ain't been found guilty or mm-hmm. innocent yet, you can still vote within that time as well. Well, I don't think it was like that back when I went to jail because they was like snatching motherfucker rights. And, uh, <laughs> they were just snatching their rights. Oh, you're a convicted felon. You can't yeah. vote. So I remember missing it by one year cutoff, and I ended up doing that year and then getting out. And I, I was like, Lord, I, I need a black I need a black man with back teeth. So, <laughs> with back teeth. <laughs> <laughs> black men with back teeth can read. That's just what I believe. Okay. And so I ended up meeting a nice guy. just got out of the military and— he wasn't with that hood shit or street shit. And I was like, um. <laughs> now, how, how, how difficult was it for you to uh, make that adjustment? Oh, fuck. From selling crack to trying to be a house mom, it yeah. was very fucking difficult. Because I got an eighth grade education, so okay. I had to go and get a job. And Then all they gave me when I took in my sister kids was Section 8. So I moved out to Riverdale, Georgia, mm-hmm. and I can't get a fucking job because I'm a convicted felon. Mm. So it was really rough. Like, I went to school to be a medical assistant after I got my GED, and I still couldn't get no job. Because of the felony. Because of felony. Yeah. So, and I tell you, Tip, this is the only time in my life that I ever thought about committing suicide what i never thought about killing myself just one because you time. couldn't get a bullshit ad job well no it was because i i did all of this shit to turn my life around right you know get out of the street try to raise my kids right uh-huh. and society keep pushing back in my face you ain't shit yeah you know you go to school yeah. i went to school for nine fucking months to draw a bitch blood all i was asking for was $10. <laughs> <laughs> i drew blood for cheaper i could have went and shot my baby daddy for the rest of my fucking life and i'm getting my life together 
and then I look up and bam, they say society say no. Yeah. I don't want to accept you. Yeah, but they'll accept their own. They accept their own. They accept their own. You can make a hundred mistakes when you, when you, when you're not fucking black. And I always taught my kids. I said, look, with the shit I've been through in life, you, I would never let you become a convicted felon. I said, you can fuck up your credit a million times, mm. but you fuck up your criminal background history. They're gonna judge you till you get dirt in your face. That's right. So I always stayed on. Especially, I have two sons. I always stayed on my kids. I said, don't you ever, ever give them that opportunity to put that shit over your fucking head. Right. So that, that's one of the things I really work hard to keep my kids from being becoming convicted felons and high school dropouts. Right. I think, man. I think all of that shit was was it was instituted so so it, it's meant to demoralize. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's meant to make you give up for whatever reason. And Stop was so, trying. There was so many times I wanted to give up, but then you know I I, I get, I'm such a hustler from the streets. I mean this yeah. shit started way before I ever was a drug dealer. I grew up in the fucking on Art Wright Place over there in Decatur, Georgia. Mm. My granddad was a bootleg man, so I all I saw in my whole fucking life was hustling. That's right. So that's all I knew. Yeah, and I, I mean, my granddad taught me how to get knocked down and get back up. Yeah, but when I got married and I, I was, I wanted this life my husband thought I could have. Oh, you know, build a house, mama, go out and live the right way. You come from selling dope, forging checks, making a shit ton of money. <laughs> so a nigga telling you to go work at McDonald's, like, Are you fucking crazy? I got my check with two hundred dollars for the whole week, nigga. I can, I buy that in tennis shoes. And, and then I started second guess, like I'm married to this lame ass motherfucker who want to do the right thing. I need a nigga who want to go out and gang bang. And then, <laughs> then I had to say, Calm doing right down. is so fucking boring, ain't it? Huh? Doing right is so boring. <laughs> that when motherfuckers start taking naps in the middle of the day when it's no, that's doing called right. getting old. Tip. That's called that's, yeah, that's called it's synonymous old. with doing right. You uh, yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, an old nigga with church shoe, you see, do drive-bys. <laughs> I, well, no comment. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so also at a very young age, you had your own two children, and then your your, your sister left you responsible for her children four kids my sister's uh, my sister was on crack really bad and i ended up getting custody of her four kids and, and i just got married so before 21 you had six, six kids. kids with a man who had no kids god damn and he won't i'll never forget what I, a saint <laughs> <laughs> i come home he said don't go get them fucking kids i was like i gotta go get my nieces they're gonna split them up they're gonna put them in they're gonna put them in foster home and i remember how i came up how fucked up my life was mm-hmm. and every time i see a kid in need i see me and i was like look this is my family this is an opportunity for me to keep these kids together so i went and got them mm. i came back his shit was packed and i said i can't <laughs> choose between you and my fucking nieces and nephew my, my nieces yeah. and i was like you gotta understand you know he come from a christian family it was 16 of them they had a fucking daddy i didn't come from that lifestyle right. and i'm like dude I, it's nothing i can do i gotta help these kids yeah and so I was like, well, all I can tell you, you got good credit department in your name. I can't pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what made him stay a little bit more. <laughs> so you going to fuck up your credit because I can't pay your fucking bills. Man, that make all the sense in the world, man. She is, I guess, man, uh, uh, they say a, a, a good run beat a bad stay any day. <laughs> so maybe, you know, the stay wasn't as bad. No, it's thought. been 20 some years. 20 some years yeah. later. He ain't complained once. He never fucking complained. And, you know, I got my niece. I have my niece four kids now. Right. I, I went and got my niece. How many damn children? Why you didn't start a daycare? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cheaper. You missed your calling. Uh, no, nah, I don't fuck. You don't want me to keep your kids. I fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have my niece kids now. I went and got her five years ago from Atlanta because she was homeless. One of the babies was two weeks old. So right. I ended up picking her up, bringing her to my house. And this bitch ran off and left me with these four kids. Four more kids. Four more kids. That's ten. That's eight. But wait a minute. It was four. It was four, four. It was four. I have two. I had two at the time. You have two, but well, then I have four now. So four, eight is twelve, and all I've raised. Good. You about right. I'm. This is it, but I'm done. I'm you done. done. I gotta be done. I'm, I'm in my forties. I can't do this shit anymore. But you know, once you become a grandmama, I'm already a grandma. I don't fuck well, with. Them. To, yeah. <laughs> I got Facetime. You can hey motherfucker, click bye, hang up on them. That's the good part about being a grandmama. Now, you yeah. the kid would have to come over. You gotta bake them apple pie and shit. Yeah. No, you just Facetime. Oh, fuck you. Hang up. That's day, man. That's Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't keep kids. <laughs> I, I don't have time. I'm too busy. You done raised enough. I I think you've done your, your you've paid your debt to society. Uh, uh, 
twice. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? Let's take a pause in the discussion to talk about Verishop. Now, Verishop is a new online shopping site with the fashionable brands you need for every moment in your life. From women and men's fashion to home decor, beauty and wellness. And they get your purchase to your fast with free one-day shipping and free returns. With no membership fee and no minimum purchases required. Which means you can even buy a pair of socks with free one-day shipping just to see how you like it. Now, how you love that? Verishop's expert retail team hand selects and sources every single item from more than 300 brands all over the world. So there's no chance of counterfeits or fake goods. Get fashion brands like Vince, Levi's, and Deadwood. Then you can even get home decor brands like Ball and Branch, Staub and Smeg, and beauty and grooming brands like Blind Barber, all in one place with the premium shopping experience you deserve. Shop Verishop for the fastest free shipping out there. And with my promo code, New Verishop customers can take 15% off the first purchase to try it out. Just go to Verishop.com and use my code, T-I-P. That's Verishop, V-E-R-I-S-H-O-P.com with the code T-I-P for 15% off your first purchase. Exclusions apply. Now go ahead, shop. Get your drip together. I always tell people I can't dwell on shit I didn't have control over. Okay. I, I didn't. I, I mean, it was life is... My life was handed to me, and that's what I had. And, you know, and I realized my family was in a cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, the shit happened to me happened to my mom and probably happened to my grandma. Mm -hmm. Only thing different than me is I broke the fucking cycle. Yeah. So I look at it like this. I don't dwell on shit. I keep it moving. Right. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, I think that um, coming up, my uncle went to prison. Uh You know, everybody around me was pretty much drug dealers and, you know what I'm saying, and just... In the game, uh, I went to prison, but after me, none of my cousins, none of you know, nobody in my family after me has made it to prison. So I feel like I've broken the cycle. I think I took their time for them. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you want to do. Somebody yeah. got to step in and say, "Hey, we got we got, we can do better as sure. people. We can do better." You know, and a lot of time, what I've learned from dealing with my family, <clears throat> everybody don't want you to change. Mm. My family, some of them get mad. When I wrote that book, they act like we was fucking Beyonce and Jay-Z or some shit. <laughs> like I was telling the Jackson story. I'm like, motherfucker, you eat po. I sold a book. You should be happy for a motherfucking nigga. They were ready to sue me. I'm like, for what? Y'all smoke crack. Tell me where I lied. <laughs> I'm lying on my mom. Who the fuck want to lie on my poor mama? My mama was poor as a motherfucker. We, everything in that book is 110% true. Well, yeah, that's one thing. You can't really argue with the truth. No, you can't. That's why I never got sued. So I'm yeah. like, who am I lying on? Even my kid's father was like, I'm going to sue you. I'm like, for what, bitch? You behind on your child support? She's 33 years old. Go and sue me so I can get my money right back, bitch. Go and sue me, motherfucker. I'm going to call Jiffy Lou, tell him you fucked up my oil chain. <laughs> now, see, is this type of true, raw honesty that, that, that this shit don't come every day? No, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? A motherfucker who got the nuts to speak the truth. To me, is one of society's jewels, and that's what I try to do. I mean, I, I, I'm a comic now. I take all this shit that used to cause me pain to everything I ever well, been through. You, that caused you pain? No, that was a hundred dollars. I got a front row <laughs> ticket at the wrestling match. Eleven year old with a hundred dollars. That's in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? And I was living over there by the bluff. That's I was at least rich, like ten thousand dollars. Yes. I yeah. bought so I bought me a front row wrestling ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought popcorns and drinks. All these people. I wonder how many of these motherfuckers had the jack of chicken leg. Yeah, that's ticket. what I'm thinking. How many people had the jack of chicken legs today? <laughs> but I mean, I take everything I've been through, and I, I try to tell people through my comedy that um, it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. And I try to find the funny in everything that used to cause me pain. Yeah. Because when you can laugh at what caused you pain, I truly believe. You got you got control of it. Yeah. I got control of it. I could be someone smoking crack, whining about what's this, what you know what the situation I was born in. Mm-hmm. I make money from it. I sold yeah. a book from it. I have a fucking TV show coming out on Hulu from it. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. And this is the silver lining of the crack era. Yes, uh, we we invested our time, efforts, energy, resources into uh, an industry or or a vice that <clears throat> it tore up families, took yes, away freedom, um, and it kind of destroyed the morale of a community. However, 
gave us our first little piece of insight on the structure of a real business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You learn manufacturing, distribution. <laughs> Cooking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, there's science. Yes. Uh, but that is, I think, the silver lining. Like, that was our subsidation. You know what I'm saying? When you get, I guess, I, I, hear, I heard Martin Luther King talking about how back in his day, you know, if a farmer, if a, a white guy wanted to be a farmer, there were all kinds of grants and assistance for him. And uh, if a nigga wanted to be a farmer, he had to cheer, get it together the best way he can. Yeah. And so I think crack kind of answered that call for, I mean, white folk do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, that was, I'll tell you a story. There was a gentleman back in the, I think it was the 20s. And it was during the time of prohibition. Uh, that means that liquor was illegal. I know what prohibition means. I was talking to the dumb motherfuckers with no back teeth. Oh. You know what I'm <laughs> i tell you, Tip, I don't know what that word means. Hey. I'll be on your Instagram Googling like a motherfucker sometimes. <laughs> so, so, so this gentleman decided he'd have a great time selling liquor in the times of prohibition. Well, he was right. He got so good at it that he made himself a millionaire. Mm. And um, he made himself enough money to send his kids to the finest Ivy League schools from elementary up to college. And um, this gentleman who used illegal means to change the trajectory of his children, uh, his son became the president. That's uh, Robert Kennedy's dad. Oh, no, no, JFK. Yeah, JFK. Okay. Yeah. Well, both of them, both of them, both of them. One was a senator, one was a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they daddy started out in Prohibition. That's how he built up his bankroll, sent them to the Ivy League schools and stuff, and he became the president. So that means it don't matter how bad you start out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What matters is the end game, long ball. You know what I mean? So if you're selling crack today and <laughs> 10, 20 years later, you turn it into a best-selling book and a TV show on Hulu, and you know what I'm saying. And, and, stand up, and hilarious, hilarious, gut-wrenching stand-up comedy. I think that's you know that is that is a positive, even though too. it began as a negative. It really, I, I truly, I truly believe that too. Because there was times I wanted to fall down, yeah. and I, I just kept telling. He myself, just wouldn't let you do it, would he? No, he wouldn't. He just wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> you know, I never, ever wanted to do comedy. Right. I never wanted to do comedy. I always just, I was always a shit talker. I considered myself a shit talker. Right I on. walked into the welfare office, and I tried to run a scheme on a caseworker. She said, you should really look into doing stand-up. <laughs> but, did she, but did the caseworker grant, yo, she, did she... She gave me my food stamps. Okay, yeah, cool. but she said, uh, "I really, you, 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 you. It's something about you. You should go try stand up." I'm like, "Oh, bitch, I don't want no job. I just fucking want to go watch the Young and the Rest with my free rent and my utility <laughs> check." And she just kept. And when then I vote, I fucked around and voted for Bill Clinton, and he created the welfare to work program, mm. and that made me go and fucking get my GED and get a job. Mm. And that started it. And I was like, uh, "I can't do this job shit after forging checks and selling dope." Damn. And I just did an open mic, and it went from there what was your strategy at like going in to do comedy for the first time it's an open mic you ain't never did it before did you write jokes down or? i went and watched that uptown comedy corner okay and i watched for like six months every night i would go up there and just sit in the back and i was like i can do this shit my very first story i ever told was my brother my brother was a fat cat burglar like he's a breaking house fat cat burglar <laughs> <laughs> he's a breaking houses and one time i was with him i broke in the house with him and the lady an old white lady was sitting sitting there and looking at the TV and he was like freeze bitch FBI and grabbed her fucking VCR and ran out the door with Hell nah. and that was the very first story I ever told god damn yeah a fat cat burglar yeah he was fat but he, he could steal your shit <laughs> he ended up doing like 15 years one time for, for stealing. stealing the VCR nah for st he stole a fucking a, a, a very expensive ring, ring out of bucket, mm. and they had been patting him on his hand for years, and finally they just gave that motherfucker fifteen years. Mm. And he in it, he did the fifteen years, he got out, and he's back in there today. But that's a whole different fucking story. You see how bad things are for us in the community. Oh yeah, see the it's, things, things we are have. Getting, it's, it's getting better. I, I look at you on Instagram. I see how much you care about the West End and all our little area where we grow. And I was like, 
I love you for that. Thank you. Well, you uh, re- you really push for for the community to stay original. Well, thank you. And I don't I even live that. there no more, but I be cheering you on all the way from Indiana. Man, I appreciate that. Indiana, you moved to? Yeah, I moved to Indiana twelve years ago because my husband worked at that General Motors in Doraville. Right. Okay. Now this is just a reminder for everybody to go to expeditiously.com to get all of your expeditiously merch. And if you don't know how to spell it, look it up, motherfucker. It's the information age. Expeditiously.com. You ain't even got to make the TI capital in the middle, man. But go and get your merch right now, man, because it is available. And I can tell you, you know, with a clear conscience and a pure heart, you buy it, you wear it, you look better. All right, man, you know what I'm saying? That's enough cap for the day, and I'll see y'all later. Expeditiously. Where do ideas start? In the shower? On the bus? On vacation? And then once you've had a good idea, what do you do with it? Let it sit alone in your head? Or put it online with GoDaddy for the world to see? Get started with a domain and a website from GoDaddy. All the helping tools you need online. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. Hey, where you think you're going? The show ain't over yet, man. Expeditiously continue. How you like Indiana? I how's, don't like Indiana. How's the Midwest like compared White. to? <laughs> I live in this very small town. Raisins in your potato salad. Uh, uh, yeah, raisins in your potato salad. <laughs> now, maybe they got the carrot salad. Uh, I don't eat their food, but I will tell you this. They some Bible-thumping, <laughs> Trump-loving gun toters. <laughs> well, shit. What can you do? No, but I got good neighbors. Like I tell people all the time, I don't get offended when I see a Confederate flag. Because when I see a Confederate flag, all I see is a Cleveland Brown fan. Somebody (laughs) who'd like to continue to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that is an interesting point. The Civil War is the only war I've ever seen where we continue to celebrate the loser. Damn. Well, we as a country. You know what I'm saying? We, we ain't got a goddamn shit. thing to do. Hey, listen, that man, day, we they went to school and they taught us this shit. And these motherfuckers, Robert E. Lee and all the motherfuckers, the test say they were heroes. Yeah, the so test if you want to pass that motherfucking test, you have to put that he a hero. Yes, you did. But the motherfucker wasn't no hero for me. He wasn't. He was fighting against my freedom. But they don't tell you. When I first moved to Riverdale, I tell you a story. So, I, you know, I wanted to be a supportive mom. I didn't want to be a shitty mom like my mama was. Mm-hmm. So we living in Riverdale, Georgia in the early 90s. And we go on this field trip. And it literally, Tip, it was to a Confederate cemetery. What? And I had no fucking clue what the Confederate. Because I'm, I'm a hood bitch. I'm from the street. I don't know shit about no school. Yeah. And we at this and we at this cemetery. And they telling you all about these fucking Confederate soldiers. I don't know what the Confederate soldiers is. Right. All I know is I'm ready to fucking eat this sack lunch I brought. <laughs> so one of the kids was like, is, is Robert E. Lee buried here? And I'm like, oh. no, he said, he said, is the general, the general Robert, General Lee buried here? Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is General Lee? And I'm like. Like, this dumbass kid, you can't bury the deuce of hell's a car. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking about the deuce. That's the only fucking General Lee I knew. No. I had never, I was like, what the fuck? I ripped my, I told my husband, went to this Confederate cemetery. He's like, what the fuck? Why would they take you to a Confederate cemetery? I'm like, what is that? And I called the school and I was like, oh, you fuckers crazy? Yeah, see, that's the thing, right? I think us as, you know, as a community of, of, of black people, we, we can't continue to expect to advance while we let our oppressors educate our children. Oh, the truth. Yeah, you know I mean, you what you will never find, you will never find uh, a Jewish family sending their child to a school that posts Hitler as a hero. You never do. They'll yeah, never do no, it. It'll never down. happen. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. And I think that, you know, for us to continue to evolve and be prog- as progressive as we need to be to you advance ourselves. Yeah, I think, you know, I teach my kid, man, what you learn in school, man, that that's mostly bullshit, but it's 
you know, it's the, the, the bare minimum of bullshit that you have to learn. Well, I have four kids at the house, and my, my, I remember my niece coming home, um, and she was like, the pilgrim gave, I mean, uh, she was like, it was the pilgrims? Gave um, the land no the, the Native America gave the pilgrim the America. Gave. So my daughter, who's fucking big and black history, she said, mm-hmm. "Let me sit down. Let me talk to you for a minute." <laughs> Ain't nobody gave white people motherfucking thing. And then she break out all these black history books, and they was like, "They beat us." And I'm like, Garyana, you can't teach these kids all the fucking history and when they go to school with all these white kids because yeah. they gonna be looking sideways. I mean, I think you should that I I, I applaud her. Oh, and she do, I, but. You, but it's almost like she's turning them races. And I have to sit up and say, look, Yolanda, it's history, but you cannot judge everybody no, on what can't. happened. No, you can't. In the fucking past. Right. And if you do that, we ain't going to have no biracial babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's wrong with us. We all need to start fucking each other yeah, so we get rid of racism. That's the true strategy. <laughs> that's what I believe. That's how you get rid of fucking yeah. racism. Little mixed Every- babies can change the world. Yeah, because it's going to be hard for that white granddaddy to say nigga after so long. Yeah. He's going to eventually fall in love with the sulfur hair. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, black people. All shit soft, too. Don't be fucking at me in my Instagram talking about our fucking hair. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think all of these things, man, uh, uh, like it's a testament to what you stand for. Thank you. How you represent strong, independent black women who started, you know, from from more humble means and turned that struggle into into progress and advancement. I mean, I think that it's a, a phenomenal story. Thank you. Now, you had this TV show on Hulu. Yes, and I have the writer here with me about to fall the fuck asleep. What the hell? <laughs> are, we, are we not interested? No, I was listening deeply. <laughs> he loved to uh, analyze my fucking interviews. <laughs> but um, he's the writer. His name is Jordan Cooper. Right on. Uh, 20, what, four now? 24, yeah. Four. Um, the yeah. project is with Lee Daniel Run Howard Company, Imagine. Dope. And um, it's, been in pro- it's been in progress for three years now. And... Um, they, Lee brought him on a year ago mm-hmm. and uh, 20-something year old I'm like he never gonna fucking get my voice and he came in and fucking just slayed that's dope yes that's dope man how's it been to kind of translate her voice into your writing it's been amazing we 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 I think we have the same sense of humor and that's what that's what helps it um, I always talk about her like whenever she came to see one of my plays in New York um, and immediately afterwards she pulled me aside and she said nigga you write like a big black woman <laughs> <laughs> I told her I was like you've been here before you came back as a you was died as an old black woman and came back as a black man I'm telling you <laughs> so it's been it's been a journey her stories are amazing as you, as you already know so like yeah. turning that into television but not only television but trying trying our best to to take that old sitcom film and bring her newness into right. it, uh, which is really dope. I, I say it's like if Archie Bunker was a black woman. That's mm. what the show is. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So so tell me what so what is the show about? Yeah, so basically it's about Miss Pat and her family uh, moving to Indianapolis, moving from Atlanta fish to out all of water. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, fish out of water story. Um and the uh basically just all the all the shit that they deal with as a family mm. um in this all white neighborhood. Yeah. Um things that come up that uh we haven't really seen in other television shows. Neighbors like calling that. the police when you go in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Black people walking in the house. Right. Well, my house. My I don't have that. But they always trying to buy my fucking house and I had to tell her later, I was like, bitch, you gonna gentrify the white neighborhood? I just got here, ho. God damn, leave me the fuck alone. Buy my neighbor house, they white. Stop asking me to buy my shit. I had to put this house on layaway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, they don't call the police, but it'd be some you interesting got, you shit. Got, you became friends with the police out there, right? Because I think you were, I think, was it Was it out of you being scared? No, I wasn't. And you wanted them to know your well, family? Got, look, I don't see Miss Pat being scared well, or fearful I'm on a much. very small town tip, so, okay. you know, we don't Good have point. a black police officer. I mean, I mean, you want me to tell everybody where I live at? Okay, no, nah, I don't do that. Okay, I'm in a very... <laughs> your shit gonna be huge. <laughs> but I'm in a very small town out by the airport. So, there's no black police officers. It's only uh-huh. fucking one Mexican. Uh-huh. So, but... <clears throat> everybody 
everybody know who I am. I mean, the day I got there, I got pulled over all the fucking time. And, you know, they was like, they, I don't know if they was pulling me over because I was black or because I was new or they were just fucking curious. But mainly because I was speeding. It was 20 miles an hour on the main street. They was fucking 10 years behind. I'm like, what the fuck are these whites? 20 miles It was 25 hour. miles or 20 miles. And I was just too Damn. slow. Damn. I kept getting traffic tickets. Mm. But, you know, the community to me have wrapped their arms around me. And like I say, they, they all views are totally different. But I get respect from both. I think we respect each other. My my Dennis is a huge ass Trump supporter. Yeah, and, mine too. By the way, yeah, my, and I really? like my Dennis. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. my Dennis. I mean, it's okay, and I tell it. I ain't really, you know, you support. I mean, it just kind of speaks to you know your standards. Well, yeah, would you, would you feel worse if if they were giving money to the Trump campaign? I he mean, probably a, do about corporations, yeah. But you know, if you support somebody and they invite you to a fundraiser, I'm sure you'll go and you'll probably write them a check. So, right. I mean, I feel more about uh, corporations, mm. corporations That's what that, you. yeah. You know, I mean, individuals are individuals. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. However, this corporation right here, uh, I'm, I'm actually. Like we're giving you the money that yeah, I feel like you taking my money and now yeah. handing it over to them, mm-hmm. uh, which is it's unsettling. You it's know, un- sometimes I mean I've I've left companies for that too. Yeah. No, I, I tell you, um, it's hard I, it, not to shop at CVS though. Shit, yeah, I mean, CVS just gave Walgreens is closed. Yeah, oh, man. But, but also, um, you know, like I got on my Falcon shoes today. I was like, I hope Tip don't say shit about my man, Falcon nah, shoes. Man, nah, I ain't really got <laughs> and, and my Gucci prescription glass. I, I, was like, got, I had my shit on. I say, like, look, man, man before this shit went down, I put my prescription in these motherfuckers. I'm over forty. <laughs> I can't see without these motherfuckers. So I went over in my head when you got because I saw you. Stop a nigga for Gucci. I'm like, I got my fucking line. What happened was, <laughs> bro asked me to take a picture, and I, and you know, I took the picture. Uh, and then when I took the picture, I stepped back and I looked at him. I said, man, you got to erase that picture. You got to erase that picture. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Because you got like that's kind of like saying I'm all right with this, right? Yeah, and I'm I, and at the time I wasn't. Now you niggas wear what the fuck you want to wear, man. You don't have no respect. <laughs> I mean, for real. Bro. And we only march for t- we we forget shit so fucking quick. Is it, 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 I was like black people. I'm tired of fucking marching. But <laughs> I don't march anyway. I'm tired of thinking about marching. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like the thing that I see is if a nigga walk up to you and put his finger in your face and call you a punk motherfucker, you ready to knock his ass down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Temporarily or permanently. So why you don't keep that same energy when the corporation then put their finger in your face and called you a coon and, you know what I mean, they pretty much then, like, what? why Why now are you so forgiving? We so, for, we so easy to forget. Man. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll take that same nigga who stuck his hand in his face and kill him. Mm-hmm. But they won't do anything to kill the corporation who say, I don't want this. But a lot of people don't pay attention when yeah. these corporations do these, do these things. Because they I haven't bought any more life. They don't, Ignorance they don't is pay no excuse. No, you know, I mean, listen, I, what I learned, listen, what I learned, what I learned, right? So I asked for a 90-day a 90-day uh, pause on, on, on the brand uh, just to affect the bottom line because mm-hmm. I knew when they post, when they posted their quarterly earnings, the parent brand. And I, we succeeded. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They took a huge dip and people stopped fucking with them. Like, I remember right after the announcement, well, after we after we went online and said, yo, Y'all shouldn't fuck with these people. I think there was a an award show coming up, but it was an, it was like a mostly white award show. I think it may have been the Oscars or the Golden Globes, something like that. Mm-hmm. And white people were saying, "No, we're not fucking with Gucci. We're not fucking. I don't want you telling stylists. No, we don't want to wear that, right?" So that's when Gucci started calling. They was in the they you know they were shook in their boots. Then the BT Awards came around. Every nigga in all Gucci, <laughs> everything. You know what I'm saying? So, if I'm Gucci, I'm like, ah, man, these niggas ain't tripping. It's just this one nigga and these other, this is a couple ladies he got, Brian. Man, this nigga, man, we straight, man. Come on here about your business. We got Dapper Dan and, and all these NBA players wearing this shit from head to toe. Well, Dapper Dan spoke on it, too. Yeah, man, but, like, you, he, he worked for them. Like, how can you... Well, he wanted to get to the bottom of it. It was a little biased. It was a little biased, man. It was yeah. a little biased. Mm-hmm. If a motherfucker paying me some money 
And I'm like, yeah, these good people. Of course, they good people to you. They <laughs> just you, nigga. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying? Shit. Yeah. If you if you if you if you collect rent for a slumlord, but your shit is together, you dig what I'm saying? Hey, he'll good. Hard to listen to the complaints of the other people living exactly. in the slum. And that's that's a, that's a, I think that's where all people fall short. Sometimes we don't stick together. Yeah, we do not. We got to do better as a community. I mean, a community of people. I mean. We we just got to do better, y'all. Yeah. Mm. We, we do you really think it's because we lost our leaders? Because I felt like we were all together at one point. And then once we lost... Before Malcolm, after crack. We lost, oh, before crack. Oh, once yeah. we lost, before crack. Like, I feel like... I, I'm wondering what happened. Because I remember being at a Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like a group of, like, maybe like 400 people. And then... Some people in front of singing this song, some people in back singing this song, some people on the side singing this song. I'm like, can we all sing the same motherfucking song? And then we get to a certain part of the street and everybody's like walking and we're talking and we're singing. This is a guy at the front on the bullhorn. This is not a peaceful protest. This is not a peaceful. I said, let me turn my ass around. What then. you mean it's not a peaceful protest? Oh, now they won't smoke. <laughs> so now, <laughs> now all of a sudden you ain't got around out of these people you want some smoke exactly. I was like what the fuck I turned my ass around put my church finger up and got on the train I really I really think I really think it has a lot to do with because of how we were brought up and, and our our position in society black people ain't never really ran nothing but a corner mm. yep. you know so everybody want their idea to be the idea that everyone else right. follows so when someone else has a good idea or you know a, a, a purposeful movement they're like oh who that nigga think he is saying this now yep. now nah, fuck right. that now I got my own idea this is what we gonna do yep. and I think that too many chefs yeah man and that's what's wrong with us I mean it's, it's like back in the day Martin Luther King could lead you mm-hmm. um, cause uh, wasn't everybody went in the way but don't, don't get me wrong now niggas back in the day didn't like Martin you know what oh, saying? Yeah, they, right, they, they yeah. talked right. shit about him until he died then right. he was a saint the great and always and that's what made me mad about the black community they they we don't lift them up until they die oh, what's the dude name in LA um, who got killed Nipsey so I had never heard of Nipsey mm-hmm. in my life. When actually the day he got killed, I thought they was talking about the old singer Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey and I'm like, Russell. Russell. So right. I said, like, what's the big deal? This man been dead. So I started to Google. I'm like, who is this dude? Then I read all this great shit he's doing. Right. And I'm like, black people, why the fuck we got to wait till he get killed to put somebody like this dude up on a pedestal? Why mm-hmm. the fuck? Right. I didn't know about it. I mean, I live in Indiana. Right. I don't listen to rap music. But if you're doing something good in the community, something positive for black people why do we have to wait till he's gunned down like a dog to even discuss somebody who was his greatest nipsey it's a fucking shame yeah i had never heard his name before till mm. never heard his name not one single time i'm not in the hip-hop world y'all gotta remember i'm 40 something years old so right. i don't get out there like that but if somebody doing something i know the fuck al sharpen is <laughs> 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 I know the fuck all them attorneys run when them black folks get shot down by the police. I yeah. know them. Why the fuck we're not talking about positive black people in our communities so we can spread the world word and lift those types of black people up? Right. Those are the black people I want to hear about. I don't want to see no bitch on Instagram shaping, shaking her motherfucking ass. Well, that's a little, it's all right. Time and a place for everything. You know <laughs> Let's not get rid of all of that completely. You know what I'm saying? I but, need to know who the good black bit. leaders are. We, that's think, I want to know who's doing the positive shit. I in think the they're community. out there. They just don't got the spotlight yeah well see the thing is right if you if you if you're truly passionate and sincere about the work you're doing you're not standing up on a soapbox right. telling everybody that you're doing it you're just kind of leading by example and and let the word spread out as it does i think that was i think that's that's one reason why you know nip wasn't as uh known as he was after his passing mm. um because he just wasn't no like he wasn't like here to broadcast everything he had going on. Um, although it's just like the shit was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Shit yeah. still is phenomenal. Uh but when he passed, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It was everywhere and that's what made people go research and find that out. That's how I found out. Yeah. I, I I had no clue. And I'm being honest, you can write me and say I'm stupid, I'm dumb. I had <laughs> never fucking heard of Nipsey before. Right. But when I started getting I have a daughter that had heard of Nipsey. Okay. When I started to do the research, I was like, Wow. I mean it's it's I want to appreciate people while they're here. Right. You know, like, and I tell you something, I've been, I'm, I grew up in the era when rap first started fucking, uh, what is it, Kumo D and all of those people. Mm-hmm. I tell you another one I didn't appreciate. Oh. And I took till he passed. Tupac. Whoa. I never fucking listened to Tupac. Are you serious? I, I, I'm telling you, Ice Cube, I listened to you, Whitney Houston, I did. But first of all, 
Tupac wanted to fight all the goddamn time. Every <laughs> time <laughs> so I told him, oh, nigga, I'm going to kick your ass at the closet. Won't that little boy sit his ass down somewhere? Then you see him get shot. I was like, I don't got time for this shit. And then I started listening to his music. I was like, this nigga was smart. Yeah. Intelligent. Yeah. Fucking a genius. His this nigga was talking about shit that's still today. happening yeah. today. Yeah. He been. It's like he was warning us. Police ain't da, da, da. He was just telling us all this shit. Mm-hmm. And wasn't nobody really listening. I know I wasn't listening. That's all I bumped Nas Tupac. Right. Like, God damn, Tupac. I should have listened 20 years ago. I think some people may be good for, I mean, may be too good for the generation that they in. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think if Tupac came along in the '60s, he would have been right there with with, with Malcolm and Martin, and you know, yep. and, and the Black Panthers. Um, and his mom was a Black Panther. Yes. he came from a family of Black Panthers. Uh, so I think that that energy it just wasn't being received in. The nineties, you know what I'm saying. In the nineties, everybody thought they was yeah, man. Ain't no problem, man. Shit, yeah, I'm cool. Right. Yeah, and, and he I'm was just right. too smart because they had the white, they had they had the uh, the welfare and the food stamps. Yeah, like, man, I'm they living give free, they eating living free. free. I'm all right, man. White people lie, right. leave them people alone. Yep. Till you find out later on that shit was all a systematic plan. Yeah, they switching your neighborhoods yeah. so they can win and could fucking forever control. You. They didn't talk about you know they didn't talk about shit like that. How right. they fucking rearrange the voting and. For you, for, so they can make sure they forever c- control your people. But you, I mean, you. you That's you, a turkey you, leg right yeah, there. Yeah, you get older and then you realize how, God damn, how they just been sneaking in. Look at the West End. To ride and then see motherfucking white people having latte where you motherfucking shot your baby daddy at. You're like, what the fuck are y'all doing? You fucking up my memories. <laughs> Planting flowers and shit. Get your happy ass out of here. Hey, you know what, though? This is, this is the thing. Like, with Jim. Gentrification. This is the thing that's kind of odd, right? So, when we were living in the hood, mm-hmm. first thing we wanted to do, the problem, our way to fix everything in our community has always been make enough money and leave and never yep. look back. That's yep. right. And we move into a white neighborhood. And then they looking at us sideways with yep. shitty cakes at your door. <laughs> <laughs> but we not afraid when we move into that neighborhood. But when we see them move into our neighborhood, we're afraid. This yeah. shit is like, oh shit! It's like everybody is afraid of the unknown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when we are the new people, they're afraid of us, and when they're the new people, we tend to be afraid of them. Like I don't understand the juxtaposition of that. I think it's. I think it maybe it's attached to the fact that the neighborhood, like your memories, like you said, your memory, like that latte you shoot mm. your baby daddy, like that. That's gone. When a white person moves in and Starbucks comes up, that means that's gone. You losing what mm. you thought you had. So I feel like maybe when white people when we move into white neighborhoods, they feel like oh, there goes the neighborhood. The whole shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what you could say now for for for, for Bankhead in the West Side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's definitely. I mean. To see a motherfucker walk in the little goddamn teacup Yorkie, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, down the street where my, the same street my little homie Poncho got killed at, that shit kind of, it's weird. You know it I mean? is weird. But just, why can't we fix up our own shit? Why we need them to come f- plant flowers? Why we need them to bring that? We don't support each other. So black people think when you support each other, it's free. Well, nigga, yeah. it ain't free. And I have my audience is mostly white. And when mm-hmm. I tell black people to come see me, I literally told my brother ex girlfriend to come see me. She googled ticket thirty dollars. I ain't paying no thirty dollars. See you. I said, well, bitch, you will pay thirty. I see one of them old ass <laughs> BET comedian. I bitch, I'm funny too, and I got more new shit than you ain't already. You've been buying that old shit from the old ass comedian. So I told her, I said, well, don't come, bitch, because guess what? <laughs> you me, you seeing my jokes free don't help me pay my fucking bills. When my friends got a business, I'd be like, bitch, what can I buy from you? What can I do from yeah. you? You know, right. I, I think... I didn't realize how bootleg hurt the fucking uh, the fucking music industry until right. I started becoming a comedian. I yeah. want about bootlegging my shit. <laughs> I said, get that bootleg ass moving, nigga. We going to the motherfucking movie. Now That's what right. we gonna do? We gonna put some food in our pocketbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we gonna pay to buy this motherfucking movie ticket. <laughs> That's what we gonna do, and that's how you support each other. But we always complaining, we losing our community. Why can't we plant our own fucking flower? Why can't we make a better school for our own goddamn kids? We really didn't lose it. We, well, we we're losing. It. It. We gave it away. Yeah, pretty you know much. We gave it away for pennies. Yeah, we gave it away, and and I think 
the the uh the takeaway is anytime you leave something behind and someone else finds value in it mm-hmm. you can't get mad at someone else seeing potential in something you didn't see that's pretty much my marriage you know <laughs> <laughs> You hit the fucking nail on the whatever the fuck the saying is. <laughs> That's pretty much my marriage. You took that trash and turned it into treasure. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, here uh, at Expeditiously, we have a word of the week. And the word of the week usually is fit to suit the discussion. Okay. This is the word that you have inspired for the week. Oh, shit. I hope I know what it means. <laughs> Debauchery. Nigga, no. <laughs> I ain't never heard no. That's a baby name. That's a black baby name. Come on, it's a debauchery. Okay. What the fuck? Debauch- Go and drop the knowledge on the okay. a bitch ain't never heard no goddamn debauchery. <laughs> That's a black baby name. Debauchery. Okay, so debauchery's definition is extreme indulgence in bodily pleasures and especially sexual pleasures. Oh, damn. How the fuck I inspire that? I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what you did in that Marriott was a little case of debauchery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, especially. <laughs> oh, oh, I debauch you that dick, too. Debauch you that dick. <laughs> hey, look. So debauchery is, is, is mainly focusing on behavior involving sex, drugs, alcohol, etc. Things that are often considered immoral. So I'm going to use it in a sentence, just in case you want to go and say the word outside. Uh, I'm going to name my next grandbaby debauchery. But anyway. <laughs> Last night I woke up with a terrible hangover after a crazy night of drunken debauchery. <laughs> Man, well, I appreciate you. Thank I appreciate you so much you for having me. And uh, you have your own podcast as well. I do. Uh, it's called The Pat Down with Miss Pat. And you can find me on social media, Comedian Miss Pat, uh-huh. I-E-N-N-E, the girl way, M-S-P-A-T. I also got a show coming out on Hulu. And my website is misspatcomedy.com. That's right. And 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 when, so do you have like a tour that you're going on where we can see you live? Uh, yeah, it's on my, it's on my, um, my, my website. Well, I'm good. I can't wait to see you in person, man. Uh, uh, just kicking ass on stage. It's gonna be funny to watch white people laugh at these jokes. Oh, that's all I got is white people. <laughs> hey, they, they buy the ticket. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. And I buy my ticket. Oh you know shit! Saying? No, I'm about to ask you for a ticket to your concert for my daughter out here. <laughs> shit! Damn, uh, damn sure hey, you can damn sure get one. But see, wait a minute now. I, oh my god! <laughs> <boy. laughs> I'm about to tell that bitch she ain't going. Yes, I'm about to tell her she ain't going. She's going to tote your luggage or do something or put a little makeup on your forehead before you perform. Man, I want to thank you guys for joining us here and thank you listeners for listening. And uh, I've been your host, Tip T.I. Harris. This is Miss Pat. And thank you've you. been listening to Expeditiously. Thank you so very much. Now go do something with yourself. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Podcast One and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by K.C. Morris. 